Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. Thanks for listening. If this is your first time here, thanks for coming in and checking it out. If this is not, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please rate the podcast on Apple uh, iTunes. It is a big help. It's like Yelp. Uh, So anybody that rates it, good or bad, I want to know. I want to know what's going on and what you're thinking about the podcast and how I can make it better and uh, just continue to keep it growing and have people come in. Last month, I had over a 35% increase in listeners which I am super excited about, and this month we're off to an even another record. So that means it is working and people are listening and enjoying it and the guests that I have on here. I definitely work hard at trying to find some really unique people and uh, topics to discuss. So today, without further ado, I have Jeff Chilton, uh, a.k.a. The Mushroom Cultivator. Jeff is a master and a wizard with mushrooms. Um, I know it's something that's kind of uh, kind of an odd subject, but it isn't really when you find out more about the health benefits of mushrooms. Until this conversation, I really thought mushrooms were benign, that they really didn't have much nutritional value. Well, I uh, was wrong, and uh, now I am a believer that mushrooms are uh, very beneficial for your health and wellness. I actually bought some supplements from Jeff's company on, uh, the real mush- on realmushrooms.com, and they are extracts that you can put into your shakes uh, that have very little taste but have tremendous amount of health benefits. Um, and in the show notes, you'll find that website, realmushrooms.com, that you could also go on to and purchase uh, or visit and find out more information on the health benefits, sign up for their newsletter, and get all the great information that Jeff and his colleagues are providing. Um, enjoy the listen, and I hope you come out of this with a lot more uh, mushroom intelligence. Thanks. Jeff, welcome to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to dive into this topic, one that is really unique, uh, but is really very pertinent for health. Uh, It is the the, uh, conversation about mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms, and it's just use all around the world. Uh, you are considered a mushroom expert, and I want to know how and why you got into this area of focus and expertise. Well, you know, I was I was uh, born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, a area that is evergreen. We have vast forests. It's raining all the time. <laughs> well, we're getting a lot of rain right now in Los Angeles as we record this, and we've had like four days of steady rain and. Everybody is on the on the is in the hunker. They're they're they don't know what to do here in the rain. Are they out dancing in the rain? Quite <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. They're actually running from the rain. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, of course, you guys need the water down there. We've got plenty of it up here. We've had a very wet uh, uh, season. But you know what? Um, that for me, when I was growing up, I mean, we had mushrooms everywhere because our climate is just kind of perfect for it. And so when fall comes. Mushrooms are everywhere. I had, I was lucky enough as a, a youngster to be able to go out mushroom hunting with friends of the family. And for some reason, then when I went to university, I, my interest in mushrooms was such that I studied 
mushrooms, mycology at university, although my major was anthropology. And in my major, I actually was studying the use of mushrooms for food, medicine, and in shamanism worldwide. And, and, and you know, I was going to university in the 60s, so shamanism was a pretty big deal. <laughs> well, it's becoming big again. And I, it is. And I definitely want to talk about that later in the, in the conversation. Yeah, so, so, you know, when I got out of university, what do you do when you get out of university with a degree in anthropology? Well, not much, but I, I was interested enough in mushrooms that I went, well, maybe I could learn how to grow mushrooms. And I read a little bit, and then I learned that there was a mushroom farm the only one in uh, Washington state that was just 60 miles down the road from Seattle. I went down there. I applied for a job, Steve. I spent the next 10 years on that mushroom farm and I was literally living with mushrooms. That's incredible. What a, what a great story. Now I, I got to go back a, a few minutes in that conversation there. You said you hunted for mushrooms with your family. Tell me about hunting for mushrooms. What I, why do you <laughs> well 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 scavenger hunts right well well you know what uh, yes and and in a sense it's almost like a treasure hunt because wild mushrooms are you know i mean they're growing in the city too but out in the forests there's lots of wild mushrooms and and wild mushrooms there's a number of them that are that are choice edible species and so you go out and, and if you know anything, you, you kind of have an idea of what part of the forest they will be in. So you're out there, you're walking in these wonderful, magnificent forests and uh, it's a beautiful environment. And then if you find the mushroom, it's like treasure. Oh my God. It's just, and, and especially, you know, when you're younger, it's just like, wow, <laughs> we found these really cool mushrooms. I love it. So does that still exist today? I mean, to know that this was, you said, in the 60s. Are people going out hunting mushrooms today like then? Oh, yeah. And, and, and listen, to what we were hunting at, at that point early on, I mean, I'm out. I'm still a youngster. We're out hunting edible mushrooms, right? And, and uh, people have been doing that for centuries and, <laughs> and mushrooms. I, I think of mushrooms as one of the very first kind of paleo type foods. I mean, think about it for a second. They're, they're out there in season. They're big. They're fleshy. They're an obvious food source. So people have been eating mushrooms forever. In fact, uh, in the 17th century in England, they used to call mushrooms poor man's meat. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's so cool. Well, today it's rich man's uh, meat when you eat a, a portobello mushroom like burger, right? A mushroom burger. I, I love them. I mean, they're, they're so delicious and they're very satisfying. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, no, it's a, it's a, a great food. I mean, it's a, when I was growing mushrooms at, at this farm, and this is a big farm, very big operation. This is in the seventies, right? And classical nutritionists thought that mushrooms had absolutely no, no food value. Mm. And, and um, the reason was that mushrooms are low in calorie. So they're a high fiber, low cal food, but, but in terms of nutritional value, great nutritional value between 20 and 40% protein. Um, majority of them are carb carbohydrates, high quality carbohydrates. Um, mannitol for one, which is a very slow digesting type of carbohydrate. Uh, it also is part of the fiber content. And then the mushroom in its cell walls has what's called a beta glucan. And these beta glucans are what are responsible for its immunological activities. Mm -hmm. So, so 
you know, eating that mushroom, you're going to get the, uh, uh, the nutrients out of it, high in uh, vitamin B1, 2, and 3, um, potassium and phosphorus, but you're also going to get these immunological benefits from it. So it's, it's really a, a great food in so many ways. Yeah, and we're very deficient in our vitamin B complexes these days, and as well as many other nutrients, since the soils that a lot of the foods are derived from are low in rich minerals, and uh, you know everything is isn't as isn't as valuable in the nutrition. You know, and I think where you said you, back in the '60s, '70s, it was about calories, right? We wanted yeah. to consume more. That was nutritional value. Where now. Yeah. We're kind of going backwards and going back in time and saying, no, that's not necessarily the case. Well, no, we don't have to look at the, the obvious where 35% of the people are obese, if not more. And, you know, that calorie content has created that epidemic. And now we got to go back and, and rewind a little bit. And I need to know, like, like, when do you know a mushroom is good when it's bad? I mean, you wouldn't recommend someone to go out and start hunting for mushrooms and eat one that you find. Is that... Well, no, here, here's, the, here's the key with wild mushroom hunting. First of all, um, do not ever eat a wild mushroom unless you're absolutely certain what it is because they have poisonous mushrooms out there that can kill you. And people die every year from eating mushrooms. I mean, it's just like plants. There's plants out there that'll kill you as well. There's definitely mushrooms. And so, so what I recommend to people is every large metropolis will have a mycological society. And these people love to take out newcomers out foraging with them. You go out with them. You learn one or two mushrooms really well that you can identify going out on your own. And these mycological societies, too, they will every year they will have a, a show where their members bring in mushrooms from all over. They identify them go to these shows. They're so cool. It's really beautiful the way they display the mushrooms and they identify them. And so you can, you can go through, you can look at them all. If you happen to have a mushroom that's growing in your yard, take it with you. They'll tell you what it is. That's super cool. And, and you have organized, you were one of the first organizers of these mushroom conventions in the Pacific Northwest. Is that correct? Yeah, back in the late 70s, early 80s, we were doing mushroom conferences that brought together people that would talk about identification, um, talk about cultivation, which was my part of it, and, and also talk about mushroom use uh, um, in uh, shamanic ways with uh, the different cultures because that's one you know believe it or not um, it wasn't until the 1950s that it came to light that certain psychoactive mushrooms were still being used in the world and that was something that was hidden knowledge nobody knew about this until the 1950s and, and a, a New York banker named uh, R. Gordon Wasson went to Mexico and spent the next summers next five summers down there investigating and and learning about it identifying these mushrooms and having actual experiences with curanderas in other words they were using them in healing which was really cool what kind of healing so this is becoming a big topic i, I have some friends that have done ayahuasca recently which is a whole nother you know animal i think uh yep. i understand um i have partaken in the experience of medicinal mushrooms uh, and have enjoyed it very much. I, I did had my first experience in college at yep. Maryland, and it was 
it was wild. I probably took way more than I needed to <laughs> when you're 20 years old. Um, but even now, you know, um, I, I participate, you know, every once in a while, but more what they call micro dosing, uh, yeah. Yeah. A very small amount where you almost don't even notice. Yeah. Um, but they say that the studies are showing that it helps to create new synapses and, you know, new firing and creativity and, and opens you up. And I have to agree with that. That's been my experience. Um, why is it now all of a sudden becoming popular? It's kind of becoming cycled back in again. Is it a, a, just a time period, like how clothing and other fads come back into into trend? Well, you know what I think a lot is is um, you know these things take time. It's just like it's just like uh, pot. I mean. I mean, we were we were experimenting and smoking pot back in the '60s, right? And it was it was act, absolutely a shock to the culture. I mean, people, uh, friends of mine were being arrested. People were being put in jail. It was a scandal. Uh, and, and so, but but then look at that. Slowly, slowly, slowly over time, as a lot of a certain part of the culture fades away. And, and this culture kind of gains a little more traction and, and you get a little more scientific research. And then of course, so these, these things kind of come along and they come along slowly. And next thing you know, I never expected pot to be legalized in my lifetime. I said, mm -hmm. no way. And, and then you have medical marijuana. The next thing you, you do, it's like you have Washington, Colorado, these states that are legalizing it for recreational purposes. And it's so common sense. I mean, my God, making a plant like that that's been used for thousands of years in so many different ways and, and really is, is not a threat to anybody. And my feeling with these kind of things is, look, we should be teaching people how to use these things properly. You know, I mean, sure, there will always be a small number of people that no matter what it is, they will abuse it. But look, that's, that's like, just <laughs> that's being human, right? You got an exercise. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, so you know, and and with mushrooms right now, all of a sudden, because they were illegal to actually utilize these in research, now that's kind of been relaxed, and we've got researchers out there that are using them for mental health issues, for addiction. Uh, for end of life issues, I mean, this is just something that it's it's. I, I think this is a real kind of awakening period, and I just hope that it is able to to stay and it won't be be prohibited again because that's what it was. It was a prohibition. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. It is an awakening period. I think you know we are becoming aware, uh, more self-aware. I think the. Uh, adjunct of the internet and social media is helping that as well. Um, and, and studies, like you said, I remember about five years ago, some of my friends that I would participate taking these these medicinal mushrooms with, one of them found an article that was published by the Johns Hopkins University. Uh, it was a study that was done, you might be aware of it, about how microdosing can help, you know, again, create new synapses and be better for you and so on and so forth. And you know what? I would prefer to have that over a couple glasses of wine, to be honest. I feel better, have less of a hangover, don't have any kind of, not even a hangover. I have no residual effects from it whatsoever, other than smiling and being happy and giddy and laughing and, you know, enjoying the people I'm around or the nature that I'm in and, and in doing all that. And never once have I ever wanted to get into a fight 
you know, when I'm in that state. Uh, I mean, it's just all about love and connection and awareness and uh, really enjoying in the moment. Uh, well, now, like with alcohol, it's completely the opposite. That's right. It's like, well, you want to fight, you want to do things faster, harder, you, you can't drive, like everything is, uh, is in the danger zone there. Well, and think about it for a minute, Steve. I mean, in the 60s, really the, the meme was peace and love for a lot of us. And, and can you imagine? The, the establishment hated that. It was like, you, you are un-American. You, you there's something wrong with you, right? I mean, I mean and, and that's ultimately where we really want to be. We want a world that's peaceful, yes. that people are, are uh, pleasant and they, they want to cooperate. So, so if, if that uh, helps to stimulate that, and, and, and I, I think you're right. I mean, with these types of plants, these mushrooms and stuff, they bring on a totally different consciousness. And I think that's the consciousness that we're really seeking for, for the planet. Definitely. So now, you know, going from this medicinal uh, recreational use to the use in cooking, my wife is Japanese. She loves cooking with mushrooms. I, I have an array of mushrooms that she put out here in front of me to have a conversation with. We have uh, probably one of the more popular ones, the shiitake. Um, we have her favorite one, the maitake. Yeah. Uh, we also have the bun, buna shimiji. Shimeji, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. And then this really unique one that's almost like a flute. It's called the uh, bialagioke. I don't know. Well, you know what? And that one, that one actually is a, a pleurotus mushroom. And, and you know what? That, that's uh, either called uh, like the king trumpet or the, yeah, exactly. uh, something like that. And, and you know what? It is delicious. Oh, it is so good. I mean, I discovered those actually back in the um, 80s. And now all of a sudden they're learning how to cultivate them. Delicious. All of those species that you, you mentioned are <clears throat> are very delicious. The shiitake is my favorite mushroom. And you know, in China, the name of shiitake is shanggu, which means fragrant mushroom. And they learned to grow it in China in the 12th century. Wow. So it's been around a long time. And, and when I'm traveling throughout China, and I, I visit China every year, that's where we actually grow all of our mushrooms. There are mushrooms at every single meal there may be uh, a plate of just a mushroom dish or they may be part of another dish and there's maybe 12 different species that are in the marketplace and so so it's a huge part of their culture it's been going on for a long time not just in asia but in in uh, russia in eastern europe france mm -hmm. i mean the europeans love mushrooms as well we're we're just catching up here in the yeah. west we're just we're catching always, up we're always a little behind and i, I want to have i want to say this is a hypothesis that in my opinion i think probably maybe part of it is you know knowing the japanese culture um as well as i do and it's not well enough but they like everything presentation. They like things that look really pretty and unique and different. Like when they present the food, it could be a bowl of soup. It's ornate. It's, it's, they do it in a way that makes it appetizing, that makes it look and appear appetizing. Mushrooms, every single different one has a really unique distinction. There's some that are big. There's some that have more you know, blooms. There are some that have lines. There are some that are more colorful. There are some that are white. 
And I feel like that might be part of the allure of the mushrooms. Is that, is that hypothesis on point at all? Well, you know, you know what? I, I think that's maybe, you know, I would say incidental, but, but I totally agree with you about the Japanese in terms of presentation. I love what they do with presentation. It's just like, it's just like the um, plates and things that they eat off of. I mean, it is beautiful. I love all of that um, Japanese plates, dishes, bowls. I have some here that I use all the time. It's just so beautiful. And the presentation is certainly something that is very pleasing and adds to whatever meal it is that we happen to be consuming. So, yeah, really cool. Well, you also started a, uh, a, a cultivation, uh, I guess, a farm in China. And does that still exist? And how do you use it? And what is it used for? Is it, do you import the mushrooms from there and just found Well, that? you know, here's the, the issue is that, is that I can grow mushrooms in the United States and I can sell them in the market as food. A fresh mushroom is 90% water, like most vegetables. So if I want to sell that as a supplement, um, well, I have to get 10 times as much money. So, so that $5 that I might get for a pound of fresh mushrooms, now I have to get $50 for that. So when it comes to supplement use, the economics just do not work. And as a um, mushroom grower by trade, I understood that. And, and, and one of the things that I did, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, while I was at the mushroom farm in the, in the 70s, I was just engrossed in all of the literature. And I learned about medicinal mushrooms. And, and so, so in 1989, I went to China to a international mushroom conference, <laughs> international mushroom conference, That's right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the first time, and, and it was, it was eye opening. And for one, I mean, that's where the use of medicinal mushrooms comes from. It's, it's a, a traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, and during the 90s, I went over there almost every year and I established, uh, you know, I, I visited farms. I visited processors. I visited research institutes. I went to conferences and I realized this is where I have to um, get farms working for me to produce mushrooms. So in 1997, I went to China with um, OCIA largest organic certifier in the United States because I totally believe in in organics and organic food. I totally believe in that. And uh, so I took them with me. We had the very first organic certification workshop for mushrooms in China in 1997. And, and all of our products now that are grown in China are certified by high quality German certifiers. And you know, you know, Steve, a lot of people are like, oh my God, I wouldn't eat anything that comes out of China or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? I wouldn't eat anything that comes out of the Gulf Coast of the United States. I mean, come on. It yeah. doesn't really matter. What matters is if you're growing it in a, in a particular way, if you've analyzed it and can demonstrate that, no, there's no heavy metal problem. There's no pesticides or fungicides. That's what's important. And the fact is, is the fact that I can grow them over there, process them over there, bring them over and now sell them as supplements, it means that we can actually have real genuine mushroom supplements in the United States. So what do you mean by supplements? Like in a pill? Well, what I mean by supplements is that, is that my business is, is set up around selling bulk uh, mushroom 
extracts to companies that then will put them in capsules, bottles, put their label on it, or a lot of what's happening right now, which I really love, is uh, companies are putting out products in bulk in a pouch. Oh man, I think the whole pouching thing is great. Cool. You know, so in terms of form. so you can yeah, so it's just a bulk powder. My sons. My sons both have their daily smoothie, you know, where they're just boom, 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 putting different things into the smoothie. And, and so, so a lot of companies have gone to that type of, uh, of uh, delivery system, let's just oh, say. That's, that's really cool. Are there any companies that you can mention without, uh, you know, compromise of any kind of, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? We've got, we've got literally hundreds. And I would love to find a supplement because I do the same thing. I mean, I'm a shake person and I think that the majority of our listeners are, and the majority of the people in the world, or at least the United States are today, you know, putting and adding mushrooms to their supplement would be a great adjunct for their health and wellness. Oh yeah. Well, and, and, uh, um, well, the we have a retail arm called real mushrooms so if you went to realmushrooms.com you'd be able to get our products and, and here's here's the thing you know one of the things i really talk about with uh whenever i'm speaking and educating people is that there's a lot of products out there in the marketplace that are not real mushroom and they're being sold as mushrooms and that's a huge issue because you and i can say uh for example okay everybody go out and find a great mushroom product go get put mushrooms uh, you know supplement with mushrooms or something they go in the store there's a million brands i'm not here to sell my brand or anything like that but what i want people to understand is that there's products out there that are not the mushroom being sold as the mushroom and just quickly, um, a mushroom has uh, basically what we call three plant parts. Mushrooms don't have seeds. They have spores. Mm -hmm. So those spores out in nature will germinate into a very fine filament. And when multiple spores germinate, the filaments come together. They form a network called mycelium. That mycelium is the actual body of this fungus. And then when conditions are right, like I was talking about earlier in the fall, up pops a mushroom. Mm. Well, this fine filament called mycelium, which again is the vegetative body, and, and what it's doing is it's breaking down. I mean, mushrooms are recyclers. That's what they do. They're breaking down all the organic matter. People can take that mycelium and they can grow it in a laboratory. Um, and so what companies in the United States have done, because growing mushrooms is expensive, they will put that mycelium on sterilized grain, um, could be rice, could be oats. They'll grow it in a lab, and at the end of the process, they will chop it up, dry it, grind it to a powder. They won't remove the grain, and then they'll call it mushroom. Wow. So and it is, the, the issue is it's, it's not mushroom, and not only that, they, they kind of hide the fact that it's got the grain in there. So if you look at the front panel, if you look at the label, it says shiitake mushroom or maitake mushroom, and um, it's got a picture of a mushroom. It's not mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky when you turn it over in the supplements facts panel, maybe it'll say mycelium, and maybe in the fine print it'll say um, myceliated oats or myceliated rice or something like that people don't realize that what they're mostly getting is starch from all those grains. And that's kind of one of the dirty little secrets about mushroom supplements. Very interesting. That's, uh, that's sad that people have to go to that extent to, 
to try and maximize the dollar. That's the problem, you know, in, in a lot of cropping and, and food. Uh, oh. They, they cut corners and they have, have and do uh, compromise the health of, and the wellness of people. At well, the, yes. At the dollar. Well, and, and, and not only that, I mean, think about it for a second. I mean, over the years, I've had people call me on the phone and, and it's just a, a consumer who's going, hey, I, I've got cancer. I'm really sick. I've heard about mushrooms. You know, do you have a mushroom product that I could buy or whatever? Well, think about those people if they're out there buying those starchy products and thinking and paying a lot of money and thinking they're getting something that might help their during their treatment. Yeah. Instead, now, they're taking a starch pill. Are there treatments for cancer and other type of diseases? And have you seen uh, remissions in some of these? Because you know what, what I would say is, um, no, I don't think, I don't think that, I mean, there may be, and, and folk, uh, and a lot of the folk literature, there are cases where people, you know, say, okay, they've been cured, but, but I don't think people should think about it that way. What you have to think about with mushrooms is they have the ability to help your immune system cope with a lot of these diseases. So, so in, in Asia, they will use uh, mushroom-derived drugs with traditional cancer therapies, like, like uh, um, whether it be radiation or chemotherapy. They'll give them this mushroom product uh, to help their immune system compensate for it being torn down and and so that's that's what's really happening with that so to me it's something where okay if you feel like you're kind of down your your immunity has not been good start start to for one eat mushrooms mm -hmm. i mean steve come on you've gotta get mushrooms into your diet that's the first thing of all because you can eat mushrooms and get those benefits and then then if you want to supplement down the road sure Go ahead and supplement too, and especially if you have, if you're really kind of like, okay, I've got on my diet, I'm still kind of feeling, you know, try try a supplement for sure because they have a lot of immunological benefits and 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 other benefits. Are there certain ways that will maximize those uh, nutritional benefits in cooking them? Because I know that recently, uh, my wife found that cooking spinach and kale uh, and Swiss chard has more nutritional benefit. Your body can break it down easier and better and, and reap those nutritional benefits. With those, is there a similar process for that with the mushrooms? Well, you know what? It's interesting because mushrooms actually in their cell walls have something called chitin, which, which binds the nutrients in there and makes it, mushrooms are not highly digestible for us. Mm -hmm. Again, they're high in fiber. So if cooking will help to break down that fiber and make it more digestible for us, for sure. If you're just eating raw mushrooms, the digestibility of that and the, the getting the nutrients that that's going to be limited. One of the things about a supplement is that uh, it's ground to a fine powder. And you know, anything where you have a lot of surface area, you're going to get a lot more of the nutrients out of it. But, but again, I, I say to people, eat mushrooms first. Mm -hmm. Put them into your diet. They're, they're just a great food. Not, not just for the nutrient value and the medicinal value, but, but they taste good. They go with almost anything. I, I mean, you showed those mushrooms that you guys are eating regularly. 
I love every single one of those. You know what I really like too? I love those shimeji because what I do is it's a cluster of multiple little mushrooms and you just pull them apart individually and you don't have to really cut them. You don't have to do much of anything. I mean, maybe you'd tear them a, a little bit, tear them in half or something, but man, they are good. The other one I really love that you're probably familiar with is uh, enoki mushroom. Sure. I know that one. Anoki is the one where you get it in kind of a vacuum package and it's like got a thousand of these mushrooms in there. Very slender stem, very small cap. You, oh, yes. I know those. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you, you fry them up and they're like noodles. They've got a great flavor and they're crunchy texture. Wonderful. Awesome. And I think that, you know, adding the mushrooms to your, to your diet is also going to probably make you more inclined to adding other vegetables to your diet which is going to be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Act of doing it. It's the process, like when you're purchasing mushrooms, you're going to be in the produce area, so your eyes are going to open up, and you're going to start grabbing some other things that are going to look, you know, tasty. Well, the thing about it is, too, is, is today, for the first time, and, and if you're in the L.A. area, you've probably got markets there, well, you do, that have half a dozen different species of mushrooms. Listen, back in the 70s, this is kind of interesting, back in the 70s on this farm I worked on, big farm, we're growing agaricus mushrooms. That's what we're growing, the button mushroom. And, and you know, people may go, oh yeah, bland, blah, blah, blah. I still like agaricus. I still think it's a good mushroom. I, I still use it. I, uh, I'm a meat eater. I love to chop up uh, half a pound of those things and eat it with you know, a piece of meat or something. But, but in the 70s at that farm, we had a Japanese scientist there, Dr. Uriyama. He was our research director. He was growing oyster mushroom, enokitake mushroom, um, and shiitake mushrooms. We ended up with, uh, he had a greenhouse that started producing a lot of shiitake. In 1978, we... Um, put these shiitake mushrooms into our local markets in the Pacific Northwest. It bombed. Wow. It bombed. You know, you know what they said, Steve? They said, you know, the, the feedback was, oh, you know what? These mushrooms are a little bit too strong tasting. Hmm. What? <laughs> the most popular mushroom today, probably in the market. I love shiitake mushrooms. The flavor is fabulous. And, and it literally, um, that, that initiative lasted for maybe six months and then dead in the water. 1978, it was pro I, I believe it was the first fresh shiitake put into the U.S. markets, into supermarkets, um, 1978. Very first time, and it bombed. Well, are mushrooms a are they an easy crop to cultivate? If you had a home garden, is it hard to keep them? Up? They they appear to be very robust and and easy to maintain. Is that true? Well, you know what, growing mushrooms is is actually not very easy. Mm -hmm. um, part of it is because because you have to keep them in a high humidity environment. Mm -hmm mushrooms a fungi in general i mean they're buried in the ground they're in a piece of wood uh, they need moisture dry uh air will just dry them out and they'll stop growing they yeah. so so they need they need a, a special environment and also it's the kind of thing where you know the thing with mushrooms is you don't start them with a seed you know with a plant you can buy a package of seeds you put it in some soil and up it comes you water it fairly straightforward 
with a mushroom, no, mushrooms don't have seeds, they have spores. You don't use spores. You actually use, as seed, you use live mycelium hmm. that is grown out on sawdust or some other carrier, and then that's what you would plant in your garden or in, in some kind of woody materials. You know, you know, most medicinal mushrooms are grown on wood. Mm. And they, some medicinal they, mushrooms, I know that, you know, we were talking about earlier, grown under uh, cow dung. Is that where you find some of that? Well, you're thinking, you're, you know what, you're thinking of, of the, um, the uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Psilocybin, yep, mushrooms. Yeah, in nature, they grow in cow patties. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not the kind of cows that we mostly have in North America. Usually it's the, and it's interesting, and, and they're a, a subtropical species, but the, the fact is, is that because they grow in cow manure, they are very easy to bring into cultivation. Mm. Uh, so, so that's why if, if you're going out and purchasing uh, uh, psychoactive mushrooms, they're mostly, uh, they're not wildcrafted. They have been cultivated, grown in somewhere. And, and uh, that, that, again, the fact that they grow wild on, on cow manure, that makes them fairly easy to bring into cultivation. And believe me, there's only about, 24 mushroom species that we cultivate. 24. I mean, uh, yes, out of thousands and thousands of mushroom species out there, there's only 24 that we cultivate. Not because they're hard to cultivate. They're hard to cultivate. You know, I mean, the other, the other part of it too is that, look, there's a lot of mushrooms that are edible, but, there's, but not a lot of those are really tasty. Mm. So you could go out there and you could find mushrooms. Oh yeah, that one's edible, no problem. But it's like it tastes like leaves or something, mm -hmm. right? It's like no, there's only a certain number of those mushrooms that are high quality choice edibles. And so most of the ones that we cultivate are these choice edible mushrooms. But cultivating mushrooms is not easy. So when a new mushroom comes into cultivation and and it's in the marketplace, it's like for me, it's like wow. What a cool thing to happen. That's great. Now, where can people find out more about some of the, 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 the edible mushrooms, uh, mushrooms that are ways like, I mean, ingredients that you can have, uh, recipes, ways that people can, you know, now they're turned on by mushrooms. They want to cook with it. They want to ingest it. They want to they purchase them. Where and how would you recommend people to go about doing that? Well, you know, you know, first of all, if you were to go out and, and just Google up um, mushroom recipes or books on mushrooms, there's probably, um, there's got to be dozens of books that have, that are dedicated 100% to cooking mushrooms. And, What's your favorite? Um, well, I, there's one out there by a woman named Jennifer Snyder. Um, if you just Google up Jennifer Snyder and shiitake, that's her book on on uh, uh, shiitake mushroom recipes really a good book and then and then you know what i don't actually use mushroom recipe books much because i've you know used mushrooms so many times so so i couldn't really name other ones jennifer's book is really good and i think again there's there's a, any number of those types of books out there that you can easily find and uh, you know there's a lot of books out there too on on uh, mushroom cultivation i actually wrote a book on mushroom cultivation that was published in 1983 1983 yeah. yeah it's called the mushroom cultivator now we don't have mushroom recipes in there but if you want to learn how to grow mushrooms 
that book is a really good book to do uh, to start with. And, you know, it's funny because it was 1983. We still sell 5,000 copies of that book every year. Nice. I love it. 1983. <laughs> and, and fortunately, we, we, uh, I, I co-authored it and, and we were the publisher as well. So we don't have any, anyone in between us at all. It's just like, yeah, that's, uh, we get the full benefits of sales of that book. Well, that, that's awesome. That's why they call you the mushroom guru and expert. I mean, you definitely have a, a long history dealing and working in and around the mushrooms. Um, are there any other areas uh, or topics that you want to cover about mushrooms that you feel that our audience would benefit from? Well, well, yeah, certainly. You know what? Um, <clears throat> I think what you really need to uh, focus on out there, especially in the medicinal realm, is uh, what are called beta-glucans. And, and I was talking about how beta-glucans are in the cell walls of, of all mushrooms, actually. But, but each mushroom has a little bit separate beta-glucan architecture. And that will make the difference between the mushroom being medicinal or it just being, you know, regular and maybe it'd be a food mushroom or something. It, it's, it's fantastic that certain mushrooms like shiitake, like maitake, are not only medicinal but they're prime edible so you've got food as medicine now the beta glucans the the thing that <clears throat> the thing that my company does is that we test we test all of our products because a lot of products out there you know you get out in the supplement marketplace or something and there i mean steve there are so many products not just mushroom products but other products that are just going to do you absolutely no good <clears throat> it's so difficult to work through that. And that, that's where people like you are important because you can help people to, to figure that out. You know how certain things are good for you, some are not. You know certain brands that are good and so on. That's so important to know. So, so I would look for, if you were looking for a supplement, <clears throat> look for a supplement that has uh, measured amounts of beta-glucan, that can guarantee the beta-glucans. And, and all of the products that we sell, we state that when we sell them, that we've got X amount of beta-glucans. We analyze our supplements for at least three different <coughs> compounds that are important. Did you know, that, did you know that, that mushrooms contain a compound that is a precursor to vitamin D? No, I did not. This compound is called ergosterol. And ergosterol is similar to, we have cholesterol. Mushrooms have ergosterol. Wow, cool. Ergosterol, <clears throat> if you put your mushroom out in the sunlight, that ergosterol turns into vitamin D2. Wow, very cool. So, so mushrooms are not high in and of themselves in vitamin D, but with this precursor ergosterol you can actually expose you can even take your fresh shiitake put them uh, uh gills up out in the sunlight for let's just say uh, 15 to 30 minutes and you would end up with uh, you could end up with 25 percent of your normal needs of uh, vitamin d you if you ate 100 grams of those Wow. So, so I mean, I mean, it's just really kind of interesting that here it is. They also have this other compound in there called ergosterol that is a precursor to vitamin D. And a lot of a lot of what's going on today. In fact, you can go in the market and you can see some agaricus mushrooms that have been sliced, and it'll say on there optimized for vitamin D <clears throat> or enhanced vitamin D. So, 
some of the producers are already making use of this information and actually doing it. In fact, we are going to come out with a uh, mushroom vitamin D product this year. And, and you know, vitamin D is made from um, lanolin. It comes from an animal source. That doesn't bother me a whole lot, but <laughs> for a lot of people, they'd rather not have something coming from an animal source. So being able to get your vitamin D from a, a, a plant-based or mushroom-based source is just another option for people out there. So, so that's something else that people could think about with, with mushrooms in general. And again, if you, if you have mushrooms at home and you're, you want to just, oh yeah, I'll just put them out in the sun for, for a half hour before I chop them up later not for dinner or something like that, you'll actually get more vitamin D out of those mushrooms. So, so with the beta-glucans, which is what you really want to look for, with uh, uh, supplements and and there's lots of companies out there certainly hundreds of companies that we sell to that will say on their label um, beta glucans a certain amount of beta glucans <clears throat> look for that with supplements and definitely be very aware of these supplements that are based around what I would call myceliated grain and uh, look at the label really closely, not the front label, but the back label, because in the supplements facts, that's where sometimes they will reveal the fact that they are a grain-based uh, product. And, and even that, you know, I mean, you probably know paleo people, right, that are, that are on a paleo diet and don't eat grains. And um, here it is. I, I've spoken to those kind of people, and I've been at trade shows, and they come to me and say, I love mushrooms. <laughs> I take a great mushroom supplement and then I ask them what brand and can you imagine the feeling when I have to tell them you know what that's mostly grain that you're taking with your mushroom supplement they're yeah. not very happy yeah I bet they're not they um well people who are listening to this are not going to have that problem because they're going to go to your website realmushrooms.com and namex.com that's that's where we've got a ton of great information namex.com very deep in information and and that's one of the things that we really try to do is educate people to all the issues around mushrooms and and you know again my my thing is put mushrooms into your diet great food and and i'm so stoked that you're a mushroom lover yeah. you've got a japanese wife which is so cool i actually have a brother that is uh married to a japanese woman he's he spent 15 years in in japan um and he's got a japanese wife and and he loved absolutely fell in love with the culture it's so, an amazing culture they definitely go above and beyond almost in everything they do they just oh have yeah high standard and yeah, she she loves to cook. I'm I'm very lucky, you know, in that respect, uh, to have the nutrition that I get and just the flavors and the the variety. Uh, and she loves doing it too. So that's her passion. So oh, makes it even better. Man, you know what? I would say of all food out there, I mean, my favorite meal is is Japanese food. I mean, to me, when I eat it, it just feels natural. It feels right. I feel good. Uh, I love the, you know, for me, I love the natural flavors of things. And that's where I think they excel because they don't put a lot of sauces and this and that, you know, when I go to China, as much as on in certain meals, I, I like them, but it doesn't compare to Japanese food. Japanese food is really the tops. Awesome. 
Well, uh, Jeff, we, we got to cut this short. Um, we could keep going on. I know you could too. Uh, you're very passionate about mushrooms. I appreciate the information, the knowledge that you've shared with me and the audience today. And I am excited to enjoy the mushrooms even more. That, you know, I think that enjoying is also being more aware. And I become more aware, without a doubt, just in this conversation about the mushrooms, their benefits. So now when I eat them, I'm going to think of you. Uh, and think about this conversation and know that I am doing my body good, where before I just didn't know. I thought it was almost like a benign uh, vegetable that I had uh, in my food that maybe just added a little texture and a little color and uh, a look as well. But now I know that that is not necessarily truth. It is much deeper than that. There is much more nutritional value than I knew. Uh, and I thank you for this information. Hey, you're welcome. And, and yeah, I think mushrooms are a real superfood. And thank you so much for having me on today, Steve. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and uh, I love what you're doing there. Keep it up. Great. Thanks so much. And we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And one more thing before you take off. Would you like to receive a short email from me one time a week on Fridays? Five to Thrive Fridays is a way for me to keep you expanding your health and fitness with five of the coolest things that I find interesting or ideas that I've been thinking about. Health and fitness books, trends, foods, recipes, supplements, anything to keep you feeling healthy and fit over the weekend and beyond. Visit stevejordan.com and click on the hashtag I am healthy and fit to leave your email address. And one more important note, if you found this podcast motivating, inspiring, or educational, please share with your family, your friends, coworkers, or anyone that you know who needs to improve their health or fitness. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or any other social media platform. Taking the initiative to share not only helps the people you share it with, but it will help you because the law of giving together. You see, when you give with generosity and without expectation, you will receive more for doing so. And this holds true when you want to be healthy and fit, my friends. This is another exercise that I prescribe to all of my clients. And those that have taken it on have undoubtedly seen the most results. So please, take a few more minutes of your time and do it now. Thank you again for listening. I am healthy and fit.